Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello. Welcome to the Unpot Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. We end 2022 with a one-all draw away at Norwich City, Carrow Road. Being the host of that one-all draw, I've been joined to discuss it this morning by Paul Mann. Paul, are you looking forward to the end of the year? I am indeed. I am looking forward to kind of like going out tonight, basically, um, uh, and getting, uh, as they would say, technically rat-assed. Uh, and we've also been joined by Matt Lansley, who also, I'm sure, will be trying his best to get rat-assed, as Paul put it. If I can stay up, I've got some home-brewed uh, beer waiting for later this afternoon. I don't normally drink beer, but I mean, it's going to be nice to try it. Um, cinnamon and... Cinnamon and ginger, I think it's going to be. It's going to be interesting. Very interesting. What yeah. the fuck? Cinnamon and ginger beer? <laughs> yes. Cinnamon cinnamon ginger. It's not mine. Um, a friend is brewing it. But um, but but yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I presume if you like ginger beer, you're probably going to like it. But, um, That's Alco but, uh... pop, isn't it? <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait for a report for, for next time for that, I think. And uh, we'll need a, need a thorough report as to how that, how that tastes, Matt. Yesterday, 1-1 against Norwich City. Paul, 25th league game, I read this stat, 25th league game, 25 different starting 11s that is now for Paul into this season. Well, one thing he can say is we're consistent. <laughs> it's just like he doesn't ever want to keep the same team, which is quite incredible, isn't it? I mean, considering we're doing OK, you would have think there would have at least been one or two matches when we would have had the same team. But... Um... Yeah, that, that, that's amazing. Um, but it's kind of working, isn't it? So it's it's really hard to kind of disagree on him. When when do we nickname him the Tinker Man? <laughs> or the Tinker Man Ints did make one change last night. Lucas Yalmat coming in for Yaki Mate. Mm. And the reaction was definitely a case of why has Mate been dropped? Um, yeah, I like... I well. No matter what Int says, you know, Int said after the game that Mate wasn't in a position to play three games in a week, I think he said, didn't he? After the game, which or which given obviously we've got West Brom coming up um at uh, on Monday. I guess we'd expect him to start that game, um, with 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 what he said. But um a part of me wonders if it was just not being put on the naughty step for, for that penalty because Int just was not happy with him seemingly after after the Swansea game, right? Um and 
I mean, as much as kind of the the Lucas Zhao, Andy Carroll thing, it kind of like, I remember when they first joined, I thought, oh, I'd actually quite like to see them both up top being six foot, I think six foot five and six foot four, both together up front. Um, I mean, it's quite a sight seeing them both up top because they are massive, but it, it just doesn't really work. You, you know, they're, they're, you, you've got two different play styles with both of them and ne- neither of them really, you've, you've got to either probably play Meite with Zhao, Long with Zhao, or Long with um, uh, Carol or Meite with Carol. It just doesn't work with Zhao and Carol. I don't think no matter kind of how good a goal scorer Zhao is, he just doesn't work in Carol's play style. And likewise, Carol with Zhao. Matt Lanz is coming around to the way of thinking that we do have two different play styles. No, we, 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 we do have two different play styles, but I'm still holding my point on what we said on the last podcast about Andy Carroll and with your... We'll come on to Andy Carroll because he does have a, <laughs> it does have an impact on, today, on yesterday's game, so we'll come on to him later on. Uh, Paul, first minute of the game, Reading could have taken the lead and potentially a penalty in this first minute with a junior Hoyer run for, what was it, 40 yards or something from, from our own half. It was a fantastic run, and at the time, I thought it was a penalty. Now, we've all seen a replay, and it is just marginally outside the penalty area. So, you've got to say, a good decision by the ref, unfortunately. Um, I wasn't thinking that at the time. I thought it was a definite um, penalty. Yellow card for Hanley. I mean, he did what any defender would do there. Um, Didn't hack him down, just brought him down. But then you think, okay, this is a positive start. And that's exactly what we wanted, wasn't it? Because obviously Norwich changing their manager, Alan Russell convinced that they should beat teams like Reading. And obviously they don't go on to beat teams like Reading, but there we are. And fairly decent free kick as well from Tom Ince as well. Not the best, but made Angus go and make a save. Yeah, it was sort of straight at the keyboard, wasn't it? It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. He got it on target. He's made, made a save and got a corner out of it uh, didn't really do them much from corners except for for one in the second half last night but yeah he's at least made the keeper made a save which I guess is all you can really hope for from a free kick and the first half it felt really odd the first half I think because both teams felt like they were attacking a lot but neither really created that many chances Matt I think the only other the only real chance for Norwich in the first half came from a through ball to Timo Puki. Yeah, and it happened a couple of times across the game in the second half as well, where Holmes, Holmes, I, I, I don't really know how how to describe it. He's, but he just seems very static and flat footed against 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 Puki last night. I mean, Puki, he made a run in behind him a couple of times, and both times Holmes was was still looking the other way. You know, once Puki was ten yards by him, it was it was it was a bit odd, but yeah, like. They they probably had created a couple more of those clear chances, I'd say. But actually, but they none of them really amounted to clear chances. Because, they were sort of half chances you know, flashing across the box without really having, having anyone to get yeah. on the end of them. Yeah, well, that 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 first one that that Pookie had where he ran in behind, um, he crossed it, and it was a great cutout by Sar. So I did some good defending for that one, and I think the second one he takes a really heavy touch, and you know Lumley's out quick enough, um, and it's and it's and it's a relatively good could stop from Lumley so but I mean even through all of that it just felt like a really close game you, you know it didn't really feel like either team would control it I'd probably say Norwich came out probably better and commanded the first 15 minutes a bit more but I mean you expect that with a new manager um you know even being a caretaker 
I think there was another chance into the box for Sarah, and he probably should have done better in the first half. He didn't really get a proper connection on the ball, but there wasn't much, like you say, Matt. It wasn't one of those games when we were bombarded and sitting back. We were countering and keeping possession a little bit. You always expect us not to have much possession. It's how we play, isn't it, Alex? I mean, the, we're not going to suddenly radically change, are we? No, we we kept the ball better yesterday than we did against Swansea, but it wasn't necessarily mm. like we weren't suddenly prime Barcelona or anything. And we didn't, yeah, we didn't create anything from open play despite having more of the ball last night, particularly. And I think the only chance that we really had in the first half outside of that Tom Ince free kick was another free kick right at the end of the first half from Junior Hoyler, which this one must have gone just wide, I think, of the right-hand post ball. Yeah, it's really hard to tell when you're actually watching it on the red button, as I was, you two were there, and you don't get any replays and you think, it looks quite close. And Angus Gunn did do a proper kind of like stretch to try and save it, but it could have been a couple of yards wide. But I come out from the first half thinking we've accredited ourselves. We're okay. We haven't done amazing. We're kind of steady. We're with a team that's kind of a little bit vulnerable at the moment. I don't feel like we're kind of playing fantastically, but I do agree with you. We kept the ball much better than we did against Swansea, but then Norwich are not as good as Swansea at keeping the ball. So there is a big difference there. Yeah, I think I agree. We weren't playing fantastically well, but we also were not playing badly enough to warrant Norwich being ahead in any way last night. So the first half felt very kind of even and nil-nil at halftime seemed relatively fair, I think. The second half, Matt, we came out and I think the second half, I think Norwich probably were slightly more on top in the second half. And the goal came relatively early into the second half. And it's a lot of head tennis, isn't it? Can we just quickly mention how much Lansley loved the halftime entertainment at Norwich? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the, the halftime entertainment, if you've never been to Norwich, you basically got two two people in, what, what are they called, Zorb balls? Um, I mean, where, and basically they've got to 1v1 each other into these tiny little goals. It is brilliant halftime entertainment. Um, and I think um, they're doing a series of it. And whoever wins at the end wins a holiday to Tampa Bay. I mean, get me signed up. I want to get my holiday to Tampa Bay. Like... <laughs> We will uh, we'll, we'll petition for this at, at Reading FC for next season. Zorb football halftime shows. Well, well up for that. Unfortunately, after halftime wasn't quite as entertaining, Lansley, because Adam Ida did score. 53rd yeah. minute. And the defending on this is, is appalling. I'm going to have to go through it because I think there's like five mistakes. The first one is the ball gets crossed in from the right-hand side. Whatever, that's not a problem. Loom headers the ball up. But just up, basically. He doesn't head it out. He just heads it goes back up absolutely into the nowhere. Area. Bad. Um, it falls down to Nabi Saar, who's against Josh Sargent for like a rebound header. Nabi Saar is six foot six. How on earth does he lose a header to Josh Sargent? And that wasn't even the first time or the last time. It Like he did it multiple times. I need to know and how tall have... Josh Sargent is. I don't know, but he can't be six foot six. He's not six foot. He's still six foot one. He's not the smallest, but still. The ball falls yeah. down to um, to Loom again, who headers it away, but doesn't really get a good connection on it. Who headers it to Pookie, and then Pookie 
basically has a free header, headers it back into a Norwich player who knocks it straight across to Ida, who has a free shot on goal. Like the defending when it was just shambolic. It, it's so frustrating to watch that goal. And I can imagine that Paul Ince must have been absolutely raging on the on the touchline, Matt. It's, yeah, no, I mean, if, if, if you're Paul Ince, you're just there and you're just like, seriously, you know, you've done so much good work so far, you know, in the first 50, 55 minutes to to stay level and, you know, actually be competitive in this game, have some chances, and then you give it away on a goal like that. I mean, like, it's, I always, I always like to think a goal like that is one that we conceded, you know, under, under Paunovic, under Gomez, you know, it's like the, when we had those, the, the litany of just like crap goals that we always conceded, you know, dreadful, dreadful goals. I mean, yeah, like you need, you need to see it to actually see how, how bad the the defending is. I mean, yeah, the less said about it, the better, because it was just frustrating watching it and depressing. It it was really substandard. Um, it was the kind of goal that I was sat here with my Norris supporting girlfriend just saying, just don't let us concede a crap goal. And that's exactly what we proceeded to do. Because we should win, A, the first header for Saar. That was absolutely terrible from a defender there. And then the closing down from Loom is woeful. Good strike for me today. You've got to say, he's taken that really well. And Lumley's got no chance of saving that, has he, Alex? I mean, no. you, you can't get to that at all. Zero, he's got zero chance. By the time the ball's even struck, it's already in the goal. Lumley's got zero chance of, of stopping it. Right. It's such a frustrating one to concede because the hallmark of our team is that they're big, strong, physical. They'll win it in the air. And we didn't just lose one header there. We lost three headers in a row, I think it was. It's so frustrating to watch that kind of thing when you're you're built the team around there and it's you, you can't make so many mistakes in a row. It's not just the heading as well though. It's the it's 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 the marking. You know, you look at Yeardum rushes out um which leaves Pookie unmarked. Holmes is in no man's land and then Hoyler is is the wrong side um uh, of of uh, of Ida who who eventually scores it. You know, so it's like it's it's almost like they had three somehow in there. They also had three free headers, you know, the header to Pookie, Pookie's header on, and the uh, actually two headers in the finish, you know, which were all unmarked. It's just it's it's woeful from start to finish. The I think the goal really kind of did panic Reading a bit as well last night mm. because after the goal we looked like we could go. We didn't, but we looked like we might go on and collapse. Paul, I think for. I mean, how long was it have been? It probably was the best part of 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I'd say. And we looked really quite like poor at the back, especially down the left-hand side. Naby Sarr and Tom McIntyre, I, I don't really think it's a combination that I want to see again. It's it's a worrying combination. They got beaten so easily after the that goal. That was the outlet all game for them, for, for the, Norwich. Yeah, and I mean, the 20 minutes after the goal, it was every single time they got the ball, it was just put through to Sargent in between Sarah and uh, Sarah McIntyre. And I think it's like it, McIntyre might be a good left centre back, but left back, left wing back, he, he is not. No, I, uh, I think this is a discussion we've had many times. We all know this about Tom McIntyre. Um, absolutely fine central defender. No issues there at all. But once you put him in that left handed position and continually, you might get away with it for one game you start to get massive problems because also his delivery going forward is so poor. 
that he that was that, that has Rodgers to ball, that has to have a mention because last night it was shocking. He did it not put shocking. one it good was, ball yeah. in. It was dreadful. There was in the first half he had multiple times when he could cross the ball, and he just can't do it. I don't think it's because you know it's just something he's not used to doing. It's not his position, is it at all? So I can understand that it's a separate skill being able to cross the ball accurately, but yeah. Uh, at least alongside him, Tom Holmes, I thought was excellent. Tom um, Tom Tom Holmes yeah. last night was really good. It has to be said as well. And he actually in the first half he made a crucial block on the line as well when Lumley seemed down with with a with a knock on his head and Holmes cleared it away. But Holmes Holmes was solid. I mean, I like I think we, we we've said it multiple times on this podcast. You know, I think like everyone seemingly made a lot of noise about you know the likes of Naby Sar, Sam Hutchinson. But I mean, I think Tom Holmes he's he's developing in like i know i've been critical on kind of his his well, a bit of his defending on kind of fl- him being flat-footed and you know a bit slow to pick up the run behind from pookie but his actual defending one-on-one is top-notch at this point you know i think alex you've been an admirer of him for for, I think for some time now to get booked last night as well it um the head at sile loses that header to to sergeant two or three minutes after the goal and heads it down or I think Sergeant heads it down to Pookie and Tom Holmes has no option but to basically just stand there and let Pookie run yeah. into him. Otherwise it's and a one on one and probably two nil. Yeah. <laughs> Which so yeah, I mean I, I think Tom Holmes is probably our best central defender. I don't really think it's that close, particularly either. Um I think if Hutchinson's fair, I think it's a bit closer. No. Yeah, I think Hutchinson's well, fit, it's I... closer, but I also think Hutchinson is unlikely to ever play more than five games in a row for us. Yeah. No, that's true, but I just think on ability, I think Hutchinson's been really good in that position. So, has yeah. has Holmes actually missed missed a game this season? I'm not I'm not even sure if he has. He's I don't think be. he has. Don't throwing those head. questions in the middle of a podcast. Sorry, no, yeah, <laughs> I've 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 jinxed it now, he's haven't missed, I? Twenty one minutes into missed, missed one. one game, yeah. Mm. But no, like I mean, like, Holmes... yeah, there was just one moment when Holmes slightly switched off, which can happen against Pookie in the first half when he was through and going. If Pookie just controls that bit just slightly better, he's not certain to score because I've seen him miss loads of those, but he could well score there. And it's just these little moments, isn't it? But overall, he's developing really well now. Um, mm-hmm. as in said after the game that last year he thought he was a little bit soft. But now he thinks he's fully at the right level. And he's like, you know, he's not a young player. He's an odd bastard now, isn't he, Paul? <laughs> Sorry? He's an odd bastard, Tom Holmes. Yeah, he is. He is an old bastard, just like me. He's not, he's not, he's not quite as old as me. He's like more than half not my age. But like, yeah. <laughs> but like, 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 I think it's, 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 it's been a nice development seeing Holmes this year, though, because he stepped into this vice cap, vice captaincy role. And, you know, it's... it's Everyone loves seeing an academy player coming through, but I mean, you know, I think with, with, with Holmes, you know, we've we've seen a few good defenders come through with the likes of Pierce Cooper. It's I think it's another one with with Holmes. Holmes is definitely fed up of that question being asked of him. Though I did watch his interview with uh, with Reading FC's media team this morning, oh, and he, he got asked, "Ah, oh, isn't it? It's lovely to be able to be, be come through the academy and play for your <laughs> play for your team." And apologies, kind of Holmes, yeah, for mentioning. Kind of he said. I've said all I can really say on that, to be honest. I've been asked this question quite a lot. <laughs> Moved on quite quickly and I thought, yeah, you have really. It's probably time that they find a new angle where. I love that from him, though. It's like, no, I'm just a championship player now. 
And that's it. That, that's what I am. And that's how we know that from talking to Tom McIntyre. That's what he wants to be seen as, is a good player. And that's mm. it. The game map changes really on 74 minutes because yep. Ince's sub does change the game. Again, after Swansea, changed it for the bad. I think the, the change last night, bring McIntyre off the Guinness Walker, changes the game for the better straight away. And that isn't just... I know this is probably looking at results and the fact that he wins a penalty. But aside from that, I do think bringing Guinness Walker on changes the game completely because Reading all of a sudden have two outlets. Yeah. I mean, we were like going on or like talking about the McIntyre left wing back thing. I mean, we were talking about it through the game because it, it like, even even though, you know, you might have a good right-hand side because Hoyler and Yeardom were connecting quite well down the right-hand side. We were looking quite threatening down the right the left was, it was just non-existent. You know, the few times when, when McIntyre was up the pitch, like Paul said, the crossing was just, just shocking. You know, it just, but it's not his position. You're asking his centre-back to, to cross the ball. You know, it's never normally going to go that well, but I mean, Guinness Walker comes on and it's, I know it's probably quite easy to say this with everything that's ever, everyone's saying on social media, but how he's not starting is just beyond me. I know we've talked about it a few times, on on this podcast already because the few times he has played he's he's looked threatening going forwards maybe you know some people might be critical of him defensively but but I thought last night um you know he was actually really good and especially when he closed the game out there was a few times in the corner right by the away fans where he did brilliantly on the ball but I mean him coming on changes the game he wins the penalty um and I mean it's identical to the one that he he won against QPR as well. Yeah, it's pretty much in the same same kind of time of the game as well. I think QPR might have been the 82nd minute and last night was the 83rd minute and Paul... No, 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 no. We lost the game in the 82nd or like in the late against QPR. He's He he, he got the penalty in like the, the 25th minute or so against QPR. Andy Carroll puts the, puts the <laughs> ball down on the spot, uh, Paul. And thankfully, Yakimete doesn't try and take the ball off him again. And he puts it away quite well. And 1-1, decent penalty. Yeah, perfect. Um, I'm always nervous when our players take up, when I walk up to take a penalty. But I've got to feel Carroll, I felt more convinced that he was going to score. He played okay last night in parts of his game. I mean, Paul Lynch said that he was exceptional. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, but... Um, uh, I think you know. he was better. I think Carroll was better. Like I, I feel like I'm um, sorry. I'm going to jump in because I feel like I've been quite critical of Andy Carroll on this podcast over the last few months, and I think Carroll was better last night. But it, mm. to call him unbelievable or exceptional last night is really pushing the boat out. I I'd say was, this: this is big praise from Alex Everson here, though. Calling Andy Carroll okay. That, that this I, is. I, I think he was. Is the equivalent was, of exceptional, isn't it? It basically <laughs> is, yeah. I think he was good last night, but that's about it. Like, maybe I would go as, uh, like to a six and a half or a seven out of ten. But that's it. I mean, I, I if, if, if such a begrudging praise there from Alex, the man and, who salvaged a point, made your journey, three and a half hour journey back, so much more enjoyable, and he just gets a, he was all right. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if he was to credit half the things that Carol did as well, because, I mean, when we were talking about the game, there was quite a few things that Carol did in it and uh, you didn't see Alex and you were like, oh, I didn't see that. I was like, oh, well, it did happen then. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Look, he had a better game. He, well, he took the penalty really well. And 
if you want someone in the team to take one at the moment, it's probably him. He's so experienced. Um, he's such a shit house, isn't he? He absolutely loves it. Um, and that's one thing I will say about the team is there's a lot of nasty little shits in our team. And it's lovely to see. And it's also off the pitch as well. When you've got people like Alex Ray having a little tussle with the Norwich substitutes. I mean, if you're an opposition fan, you you absolutely hate that, don't you? It is who, so annoying. It's Warnick-esque, isn't it? Who, who <laughs> it was Hugo. Hugo? He plays for Norwich, does he? Yeah, yeah. Oh don't God. worry. Don't worry. Oh. We'll keep you up to speed afterwards, Lansley. But the thing <laughs> is, is that McCullum tried to take a throw in and Alex Ray was getting in the way. But, and then afterwards, Hugo just accidentally bumps into... Uh, accidentally. Paul Ince and, yeah. And he, you need to see the video. I can't the, really describe it. Um, the video is quite the, something. We'll, 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 but yeah, we'll it's quite it. a... Yeah. It's um, uh, alpha males meeting alpha males. Let's just put it that way. Uh, no, I think, no. It's, um, it's, it's, it's an alpha male and Alex Ray meeting a slightly slightly less in uh, in Hugo. You don't, you don't mess goal, with Alex Ray. After the penalty, we also had another chance through Yaku Meite, which he did a little mazy run. And I, he couldn't quite get the shot away. He slightly miscontrolled it. But it wasn't bad. He was positive, though. It's it much better to see that than sitting back. Yeah, it was a good run by Yakumate, and then the last touch was a Yakumate type touch, wasn't it? Let's be honest, because the, the it last was, touch... it was. But you never know in the next game he might score an overhead kick. He's done this kind of thing before. You just never know. It, the the run was great, and then the last touch put it five yards in front of him into the keeper's arms, and you thought, yeah, that was probably that was probably coming. Um, but it was a good run by Mate. I think that was really the last big chance, though, to be honest, because neither team created a, a, a big chance, particularly after the after the penalty was awarded because the game kind of just petered out, man. I think there was only three minutes of injury time, which was really surprising. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those things when, when I saw, I saw three minutes and I thought there's been two goals. There was, I think five subs at the time. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it's one of those where you're away from home and you think, well, I'm not complaining if we hold on here. Um, and to be honest, I mean, they're, they're, like, like I said, and I think Guinness Walker, there was a couple of times where he was instrumental in seeing the game out, at the end of the game, which again is pretty impressive for someone who's still only, I think, 22, 22, 23 years old. Um, you know, the experience he showed down in the corner a couple of times, winning, winning some cheap fouls, you know, he's clearly been learning off the master of it and a yeardom, you know, of winning the cheap fouls in the corner. Um, and yeah, it like it, it, it was a relatively stress-free end of the game, which when do we ever say this about Reading FC, you know, and it, ultimately it was, it was a really, really good point to take away from home. It was, it was really good. They just petered out Norris, really, didn't they? I think the the goal from us really, kind of, it stuck. It really struck a goal with them. It really like took the confidence out of them. Um, they did have a little shout for a penalty quite late in the game. Oh, it's never, the, the one on Pookie. Pookie, but I don't think that no. was a penalty. But having going uh, going back to our penalty, Norwich are convinced that actually it was. Um, Guinness Walker actually standing on uh, Dow's foot rather than the penalty. So I mean, they need to go to they they need to find some glasses or something. Who cares? So that's no, who cares? Yeah, who cares? You know, I remember Max Aaron's having some gravitational issues a few years ago. Oh, we're not going to go back to that. No. But yeah, Alex, you're uh, gagging to come in here. I just want to point out that Norwich drawing with us last night 
I think it really shows how weak the championship is this season. We got a one-one against Norwich, who are probably predicted and probably will still finish in the top six. And we got a one-one away from home, and it felt almost unfair—not unfair necessarily—but it felt like we could have won the game. I think it shows just how weak this this league is at the moment. And I don't think because I don't think we have played, we didn't play especially well last night to get a one-one. We didn't dominate the game, and yet we come away thinking maybe we could have got all three points really and yet Norwich are still above us in the table the the league is extremely like weak this year compared to previous years isn't it it is but I think it's almost and I said it to you on the way out Alex how many times have we actually said this though about Reading FC games this year like so many games and I think maybe it's just the way that we play we keep games quite close you know we've talked about it being a bit you know McDermott-esque just stay in the game you know, and barring the few kind of whitewashes that, that we had earlier in the season, most games have actually stayed very, very tight, you know, which I guess keeps you in this kind of area where most games you look at and you think, oh, well, if if on another day, if the ball falls here, if you have a better touch there, you know, you could have made made the decisive, the decisive moment. So 1-1 last night does leave us sitting joint. Well, I say joint. We're in 10th. But we're we're level on points with five clubs, and don't start that joint, Malaki. Okay, well, we're in. <laughs> we're in no, we're, we're, we're only team. not in the playoffs on goal difference. That's what we're going with. <laughs> By a long way, though, is <laughs> right. Yeah, quite a long way. <laughs> we're outside the playoffs on goal difference. There we go. That's what I'll go with. We're outside the playoffs on goal difference, Paul. At the end of the year, I don't really think that many people would have predicted that if you'd asked them at the start of the season, would they? So. Yeah. Overall, I know it's we're a little bit over halfway through the season, but it's very difficult to, to really have many complaints at the moment. I think we've had a fantastic start to the season, as in like more than halfway through. It's not even a start. We're like more than, you know, we're well into it now. Um, we're obviously a little bit behind because of the World Cup, but still, what's that, 26 games now? Um, I think we're doing really well. Um, way above where I thought we'd be, um, position-wise, points-wise. I don't think anyone can complain. Um, I say that, that. I'm sure there'll be some people who complain. But I think the vast majority will think that we're doing more than all right. And we also deserve to be where we are. I don't think it's lucky. I, I don't feel like we're kind of like punching way above where we should be. And I don't think there's going to be a massive drop off. Only thing that slightly worries me is if players leave in January or we get like some key injuries because obviously we're Reading FC. We do love doing that. But I have got another question to ask you both, but you make your point, Alex. Go ahead. I was going to ask you to do loads of away days, okay? Where would you rank the fine city of Norwich City as an away day? Now, this is interesting because we mentioned this on the, well, I mentioned it on the way in and I'd like to see Norwich in the um, uh, in the daylight as well. And I'm not saying it just to please the other half of EPR Towers, but it was it it was it was actually it was all right. It like the the city seems quite nice. Um, yeah, like, I I I don't I don't want to I don't want to say too much. Um, it was all right. It's it was it was praise. it was all right. Uh, the yeah, Norwich, the atmosphere Norwich could do better. But... Norwich is a decent. A decent I think day. you're lying, Matt Lansley. <laughs> except, for, except for the fact that it takes about five million hours to get there, yeah. and it doesn't look that far away. But it's yeah, it it's a, a good way to Norwich. Can't, can't really complain. The concourse is a bit shit, though, isn't it? Let's concourse is, anybody, is anybody terrible. Anybody who's been to Norwich, the, 
like the concourse is just crap. Um, and they had a sniffer dog outside. I don't know what they're expecting Reading FC fans to to come in, but um, Waitrose yeah. boys are in town. This is what <laughs> happens, doesn't it? You know. <laughs> my my only last point is just based off of that Tom Holmes interview, which I watched this morning again. Just pointing out that I did watch it, so that the Reading FC media team carry on carry those on. Uh, there was an interesting comment that he made at the end of it, which was something around the games at home at the end of the season. And it felt like the the way he said it, that they were looking at those games at the end of the season and kind of marking them down as potential games where they might pick up some points and be able to like push up the table. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know whether this is the case or not, but I'm getting the impression that perhaps within the squad that they're, they're now looking up the table and that they might be able to make some kind of a playoff push. Do you think that is the case within the squad pool? Potentially. I don't know. It's impossible to say, but I mean, I, I can see why. I mean, they're, w- they're well and truly within reach of the playoffs, aren't they? I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be. Um, like I just said, the form-wise, um, the way they're playing, they deserve to be where they are. So, yeah, why not? Be positive about it. Um, the league is there for the taking, as in playoff spots. Automatically, it's gone. But playoff spots, wide open still, Matt. I mean, I can't see any reason why we couldn't go for it, but I'm not convinced we will. But why not? Why not think that way instead of the opposite yeah. direction? I mean, I mean, you know, you, you, like I, I still think like for for me, just get me to 50, 52 points because it's going to take more points than it has in previous seasons to stay up. I think we all know that. But I mean, you know, we're on 36 points after after 25 games. You know, we're 11 points above the relegation zone. We're on course to get 70 points. Yeah, which keeps it's, you... It's a difficult one to, like, I just, I can see why maybe within the squad, but they're starting to think, you know what, there's nothing really stopping us here mm. from at least competing for a top six spot. Maybe we don't get there, maybe we do. But, like, I can kind of understand that the within the squad, they might have that that thought process now. Well, I did notice afterwards that, uh, in senior did say that um, in the change room, he told the players they've got something special here. So mm. maybe that is part of it. Either they're creating this bond and thinking, well, you know, we're starting to believe that we can go in that direction. I totally agree with Matt that my first objective is to stay up. I think we're yeah. going to do that. I mean, I'm feeling very, very confident about that now. But if there's a playoff spot available and you think you can push for it, why not? 100%, let's just go for it. What what I'd probably say, maybe this game against West Brom, I know Paul Lynch said that this this cluster of fixtures will kind of tell the team where we might be heading. And it's almost coming to a crescendo now with West Brom away because West Brom, obviously, they're in scintillating form. You know, I mean, Jacob did brilliantly on the pre-match pod um, with, the, with, with the chat that he spoke. So, I mean, they've got threats all over, all over the shot, you know. Um, so, if we can maybe go there, get a draw... Dare you say a win? John's bound to score. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but Tom Ince will score twice. And the Reading-born Jed Wallace as well. Oh, Reading-born yes. Jed Wallace will score. John Swift will score. So just a guarantee. Yeah, we play, we play West Brom away on the 2nd of January. We're going to wrap up this pod because we've still got the 2022 review to come. So make sure you check that one out on your feed. It's going to be literally the next pod up. But also listen to the preview that features Ellis Burke from the uh, Athletic as well. I was coming on, I was coming on so this, don't worry. 
listen to the West Brom preview that Jacob's already recorded. It's it's already up on your feeds. So, you know, if you want to put them in order, listen to the preview, then listen or listen to this one, I guess, because you're already at the end of it. Then listen to the preview, then go listen to our 2022 review. There's a lot of content coming out from EPR. So, you know, make sure you catch it all. If you do enjoy our content, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast. Drop us a subscribe. Drop us a little tweet or a Facebook comment or whatever it is saying, I really enjoy the podcast. Good job. We like that. It's nice. Enjoy that, getting that. And we will speak to you in like three minutes time if you're going to listen to the 2022 review. If not, we'll speak to you after the West Brom game and hope that everybody has a great new year. Cheers.